Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to help give you an edge on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience, and today I'm joined by my friend Sabrina Tika, co-owner and COO of OpEx Consulting Services Incorporated, creator of Tika Talks, and Zoom Producer Certified. I didn't know that was a thing until today. Zoom Producer Certified. <laughs> uh, tell us, Sabrina, it I guess. Sure yeah, is a thing. <laughs> In this age, it sure is a thing. Thank you, Jared. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, really thank you excited for excited about this. Thank you for being here. And it's it's been really obvious to me as as you know, like we we're just getting set up, and like you seem to know the ins and outs of Zoom like nobody's business. Like I don't think I've ever <laughs> met anyone who knew like right where to go with everything. So the Zoom producer certified is is a, the real deal. It, it is because you know, in since COVID, we have had no other way of doing face-to-face other than Zoom. Uh, yeah. Well, we've had other platforms, but the easiest for um, for producers and attendees and hosts and everything is actually through Zoom. There are other platforms, but sometimes it gets a little complicated. Sure, sure. Well, uh, tell us a little bit more about like just kind of the, the general, like OpEx Consulting, Tika Talks. Give us kind of like what the what's the elevator pitch for who you are and so, what you do. Yeah, so, so first... Um, OPEX Consulting is a company that my husband and I um, own, and he specializes in IT, CTO, project management services for um, larger, mid-sized businesses. And I um, focus on smaller entrepreneurs that right now, at this point, I help them with their virtual live event strategies because the virtual space has accelerated since COVID, and we need to have a stronger digital presence and we're doing everything online. So I partner a lot with coaches, teachers, virtual, I mean, event planners to actually do their strategic planning for a memorable event online rather than boring Zoom. You know, this is why we're Zoom certified. So we know all the ins and outs and how to make Zoom exciting. Very cool. You know, you could think of us really, the way I like to think of OPEX Consulting is like your business Uber. We get you from point A to point B. We leave you there and then you call us when you need us again. Very nice. Very cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I guess I'd love to kind of just dig in a little bit um, to like how you got started here. Like, uh, is this something you've done your entire life? Where 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 did your entrepreneurial journey begin? So uh, my background, I started in corporate America in the healthcare and railroad industry, writing software from scratch. Wow. Large systems, millions of dollars worth of systems. So I worked at Florida Hospital doing admission systems, clinicals, radiology. And then I went to CSX and did um, systems for them. So I was a systems analyst, a programmer, a project manager uh, for about 17 years. And, you know, in the software industry back in those days, it was like in the dinosaur age of programming. Um, so in any software industry, there are very long hours. Um, and at that time, uh, when I first started, I didn't have kids as yet. Then we had two kids. My 
husband is also in the same field. And um, we moved from Jacksonville to North Car- um, South Carolina. And so I left, you know, I resigned and um, fully intending to go back to work. But my son would not stay with anyone. So what my entrepreneurial journey kind of started around that time where CSX had a huge project from, you know, my my former boss called and said, oh, I wish you were still here. We needed your expertise because my expertise uh, is relational database design. And um, and they were starting this project and didn't really have somebody with that expertise and, you know, transferring data from large systems from one to another and do data mapping and things like that. So I jokingly said to him, well, you can hire me. I can work remotely. This is before the internet. So I'm sure it's older than you, Jared. (laughs) (laughs) And and so that's kind of how my journey started. I was an independent consultant for CSX for about eight years. And I worked from 12 midnight to four in the morning. Wow. And then, you know, it started with, with a couple of hours. And then as my kids grew older and they can more or less take care of themselves, I worked more and more. And then the last largest project that I worked on is converting Conrail employee data to CSX um, benefits and retirement data because CSX purchased half of Conrail and the migration of the data, whoever was coming over to be employees of CSX had to be migrated. So that was one of my last projects. And then I just got burnt out and decided to do something completely different. So let's uh, talk a little bit about the the burnout and like, where did you go next from there? I imagine like eight years of working remote with, you know, well, they started as babies. Now you've got, yes. you know, yes. Yes. <laughs> kids, not, no longer babies. Like what, what happened next? So what happened was I thought of going back to a corporate job and then realized that, no, I wanted to be there for my kids. So I wanted to control my own time and decided, oh, what the heck? You know, I can run a business. Sure. <laughs> and so, so I started down this journey, not really knowing, you know, what's involved. Right. And decided I wanted to do something completely different other than computer science software because I was burnt out. I mean, working some ridiculously long hours. So I decided, you know, I really like this thing called interior design. I didn't know you could study that when I was going to school for computer science. So I went and I studied interior design. And in my brain, that's the same thinking process as computer science. So it's always a vision to implementation. And what tools would I use in between to solve that problem? So for example, instead of code and programs and, you know, whatever, I would use flooring and fabric. So to me, you're still working with, you know, I love puzzles. I love charts. I think in diagrams. So from flowcharts to blueprints, to me, it's all the same. I'm just using some different tools. Um, And so I started my interior design business in 2002. And, you know, being the corporate overachiever, I decided I must win an award. I must be published. I must, you know, have those stretch goals, right? Um, Coming from corporate America, you always have, you know, your goals and then your stretch goals, right? So I knew nothing about running a business and I just thought I can control my own time. That was the most important thing is controlling my own time and doing something that was completely different than software. And so that's kind of how that part of the journey started. So then I realized that I had to wear every single hat if you're running a business. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> and I have to go out and get clients and do this and do that. And I was like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a what a change. So uh, when you started that interior design business, was this entirely offline, if you will, like walking into homes, helping people set this up? Yes, yes. Back in those days, it was completely offline. Nothing online, really. At that time, I didn't even have a website. Yeah. I ha- it was all word of mouth, right? And this sure. person would tell this other person and I would do classes. Now, the way my brain operates is if I want to really dive really deeply into understanding something, I commit myself to teaching it. So I first signed up at the high school to do night school classes. And then I signed up at one of our community colleges to be an instructor for interior design, doing color, color theory, history of furniture. And I was like, oh crap, I need to learn this more. So, but it was like two for one because I was learning it and teaching it while I was doing it. So I, you know, like for example, when I was in the software world, I would do lunch and learns for relational database design, because then I really need to know my topic if I'm going to teach it. Right. So you always dive a little bit deeper. Um, So that's where my love of teaching and sharing my knowledge came about. But back in those days, it would just be everything in person. Then this person would tell another person. And that's kind of how, you know, that happened. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, uh, when did that uh, kind of transition happen from, you know, uh, on or offline in person working on houses to maybe teaching online or was that the journey, I guess? So the online journey, so to speak, happened a little bit more gradually than that. So my friend was also starting a business and she was like, I really need a website back. You know, the website presence was not as critical maybe 10 years ago. Yes, it was there. Okay. But it was really hard and cumbersome because you got to do this thing and get a plugin to do this thing and that thing. And I just, I was so against going back into anything to do with software that my brain just shut down from that type of thing. And she was like, can't you, you've been in this world before. Can't you just build me a website? And I was like, well, yeah. So <laughs> I built her, I built her a WordPress site. Right. And she was like, why aren't you doing this for people? And I was like, because I don't want to. (laughs) She's like, but you know, you know that entrepreneurs, they don't know what they don't know how to do this. Right. And this could be something that you help them do in addition to what the other things you're doing. Because like the way, you know, at that time, while I'm helping with um, interior design, I'm also helping small business owners with their strategic business model. Like what is that? What does that look like? Because to me, unless you build a strong foundation, you're just building stuff on sand. It's not going to sustain you, right? So I'm always looking at it from that point of view. And then I plan that for them and let them go do the building. You know, I'm their architect, you go do the building. And so that's kind of how the coming back into technology happened. So uh, what was the, what was the inflection point? Like, obviously you're on Kajabi now. Absolutely. (laughs) What? When did that start? Like, and what was that kind of discovery process like? Did you already were were you already selling courses online, or did you start out for using it for the website abilities? Like, where did that come into the picture? 
so that's it, it's interesting how Kajabi came into view. So I I am a student of Brendan Bouchard. I'm sure you guys know Brendan. Sure. And a lot of the other gurus in you know with his type of um, expertise. And so I had bought this course from Brendan in oh gosh a long time when he first came out with Total Product Blueprint, and he had it on the first version of Kajabi. And you know then starting to learn a little bit more and realizing that Brendan was using Kajabi for his business. And I was like, okay, if it's good for Brendan, it's good for me, <laughs> you know? Um, and sort of that's kind of where the awareness happened, right? Okay. And then I started looking into it more and more. And then when it was launching, when Kajabi was launching, um, I was like, you know, this looks like a really more cohesive piece of software uh, as opposed to, you know, what what was available during that time. Right? Sure. So that's kind of where that awareness happened. Okay. And then I jumped on board in 2016. Got it. So at that point in time, like what were you doing? Were you still in the offline world uh, doing interior design? Were you building websites for other entrepreneurs? Like what, what stage of the journey were you at? So the stage was I was still in the um, interior design phase um, at, in 2016, but I was also in the teaching phase, right? Because I was teaching. So I did start doing my classes, like trying to figure out how do I get some classes online? Right. Okay. So, but, but the, one of the most important things, the first, the first priority was really to start building my list because in the offline world, I didn't realize how critical that was. Right. And so Kajabi gave me an easy way and a comprehensive way. And when I say that, I mean, I didn't have to use six different plugins to talk to each other. I can use one thing and I could go from sale to collecting an email to nurturing an email. And it's all in one place. That means a lot from a, uh, you know, a software programmer to say that <laughs> given your yes. background. Yes. Well, the thing that I say to my friends that so believe in certain platforms that use plugins, I was like, do you understand what open source means. Every Tom, Dick and Harry is writing a little piece of the software that you're using. When it breaks, your whole system breaks. Jobby has everything in-house. They understand the, the way marketing is done. They understand you know, the frustrations of a small business owner. They understand how to make it simple. But there's also like, if I want to put some custom code, I can put some custom code and get a little fancier. But if you don't know that, you don't have to do that. If it's all built in there for you and it's easy for you to navigate. So I'm a big ambassador for, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm preaching Kajabi all the time because <laughs> I believe in the product so much, you know. I love so. it. Well, I'd love to kind of just uh, zone in a little bit on like, you know, once you made that transition, let's talk about some of the struggle. Uh, you know, we uh, we love the platform. We love what it does for our customers. Um, but like where there, there's undoubtedly real struggle with getting started. It's not just the, you know, it's not yeah. a magic wand, if you will. So like, where did, where did you encounter kind of your first uh, roadblocks on that journey moving online? Yeah. So, so really the, the online journey part, I think the biggest struggle is actually understanding how to market your business, understanding that it's important to stay in touch with your 
customers or your prospects on an ongoing basis, right? And and that's what's the beauty of Kajabi. It allows me to actually have click a few buttons and get something out to my email list or have an opt-in, you know, where it's easy to build a really beautiful looking page and 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 really make it make it visually appealing because I come from I look at my I look at the things I do in three three different lens. I look at it from a UX perspective. Am I giving you digital stress? You know, when I say digital stress, am I making you click 500 buttons before you get to the one thing I promised you? Is it easy to navigate? So so Kajabi because it's building blocks that creates a, a, a one one component like a landing page or a website. It's building blocks and I can move those blocks around. That gives me a lot of flexibility on how things look and feel. The next thing is visually, am I evoking an emotion when you see my visuals? So that comes from my interior design training, right? Am I, is a color on that page really speaking to my heartstrings or is it repelling me or is it pulling me in? And then from a marketing perspective, because I also teach marketing and I do it because I had to learn it just because I just had to learn how to market my business. You know, is it really speaking to me? Is it making me want to buy? So anything I do, I look at it through those three lenses. And Kajabi allows me to be flexible with how I'm presenting things. You know, I can do a video, I can do an audio, I can do visuals. It gives me a lot of those without me having to figure out, oh crap, which other which other piece of software do I need to integrate into here? And, you know, so it, it eliminates those types of frustrations. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about like your first, I guess, success or, or what was like, what was the momentum builder for you when you made that transition? Like, did either did you run a launch? Did you have a like just a completely organic flow? How did how did you like kind of see your first sign of success? Mine was it started slow um, from 2016, because remember, my husband also has a business which is really not fully run on Kajabi. So we do things on that side of the business. So my online business, I was going a little bit slower. However, in 2020, everything exploded. And it really, I think I made like four times my revenue within these 18 months because what there were a couple of things that happened. Ease of having something that we needed to have online ease of building it and actually providing it. So for example, you know, some of my my clients needed to have email sequences to promote their XYZ. And they, you know, they didn't have a way to build it quickly. So some of them did purchase Kajabi and they were like, okay, how can you help me do this? I can help them do that. Or do a landing page to do register for an event or for whatever, or a dashboard for a virtual venue. You know, what is it was easy to have it done quickly because obviously I'd know the platform already. So that's where I saw a need. So I attended, I attended a virtual event with 1400 people and it was 30 hours, three days, 10 hours a day. The reason why I attended that is because I wanted to understand how can I make my three 
our college classes more interesting online because I was doing them face to face. So that's the reason why I attended. Now, what happened as a result of that is I saw lots of people that didn't come from an online world really needing help with the online tools. And I knew how to do certain things and I just jumped in and helped. And that's kind of where Tika Talks was born. We've had about 50 something meetings so far. Every week we it's a virtual meetup, but we talk about all things digital, virtual. You know, if I needed to do AV for an event, how, how does that happen? You know, how does one Zoom room talk to another Zoom room? How do you have more than a hundred people on a Zoom meeting? How do you have hundreds of people on a Zoom meeting? Um, so, so that's where I saw a need and I had the skill to provide something and it just took off it really just took off i mean obviously during 2020 like i I kind of jokingly say this uh like you know my grandma knows what a zoom call is now which is you know it's it's amazing it definitely changed the dynamic and just in terms of like awareness and visibility into kind of this space that some of us like yourself who are early adopters we all knew about but like it's now exposed to the world so i guess tell us a little bit more about like where you've really focused in on right now it seems like tika talks are focused on like digital you you tell me what what, what is it <laughs> so 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 one of the things that that i used to preach before covid if you're not online you're not serving as many people as you can because you're limited to serving only the people you can meet physically right and so coming from a computer science world you know working from home and working in different with different countries is not a new thing to us sure because we always had contractors and God knows everywhere, right? So that the, that way of working is not a new thing to anybody coming from that world. It's a new thing to people now coming because of COVID. And COVID has accelerated, you know, the need to be online by 10 years, seven years, who knows how many years, because now it's not, I don't have to convince you that you need to be online. COVID did that for us, right? Now, as teachers, as trainers, as small business owners, I need to convince you that you need to be online. You know that you need to be online, but I need to help show you how you can be online and what are the things you can do online, right? And also to to help you understand the reach that you have online. So during the last 18 months, I have made friends with people from every single part of this, uh, of the world, right? I have clients in Australia, in Switzerland, in France, in, in, the U.S. I mean, I have to keep now. What time zone are we on? (laughs) So, so understanding that reach is critical. So what I do is I collaborate with event planners or I collaborate with trainers and coaches and teachers that really want to use this online space to, you know, to build their business and to, um, to boost their sales, to boost their revenue, to boost their reach. And so because it's now everybody and the brother knows what Zoom is, it's 
so, you know, it's, it's so doable, right? Yeah. It's so doable. And, and you just have to know how to design these things so that they're memorable. So that's kind of the part that I play is to help design the experience because I do a lot of experiential design because coming from the, you know, you could see where that comes into play from my computer science UX design plus interior design design. Sure. It's really understanding how are we evoking something memorable for the client or for the prospect, right? So I'll just give you a quick story for interior design. I used to do model homes. And when you do a model home, it's a marketing project with some interior design, right? So you got to know who is the ideal person buying the house that could buy this house. You have to understand the market. You have to understand, you really have to, we build an avatar of who can possibly buy this house, right? And what are, you know, what are they doing? What's their profession? Give them all of those, you know, define it to that level. Then we start designing the house. But the other thing that we do is we want you to leave with a talking point on the house. So I call it memory point marketing, which I teach in the marketing class as well, is what is the memory point? Because when you're looking for a house, just like how when we're looking for a coach, a trainer, or a program, what is a talking point? Because you're going to look at many, right? So the talking point, we always designed what that talking point needs to be. So we want the client to leave the house saying something about the house. So one time we, we wanted them to leave saying, oh my God, did you see that wallpaper in the bathroom? So what we did was we had teacups and saucers in a powder room, which the theme was completely wrong, but every other design aspect was correct. Color was correct. The scale was correct. Everything else was correct, except the theme was wrong. Well, who puts teacups and saucers in a bathroom? <laughs> sure. But we wanted them to say that because once they evoke that memory, they remember the whole house. So that's what this memory point marketing is all about. So I actually figured out how to bring that over to the business world and actually, you know, teach that, right? How do, how do I, how do I make myself memorable? Because a lot of times people tell you, oh, make yourself memorable. But sometimes, you know, business owners, well, what, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. How do I do that? Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I guess I'd love to get a little bit better understanding of like, what is the, like, what does your collection of content look like? If, you know, one were to check out your, your Kajabi program, like what's the expanse of your offering? So right now, what I am focused on is to help you boost your revenue, get more, you know, get more eyes on what you do using virtual events or using virtual, the virtual world to really make people people notice you more, right? Now, a lot of people are doing Zoom events. They're, you know, hey, let's meet on Zoom. However, you know, have you heard this phrase going around lately is that we have Zoom fatigue? Yep. Well, Zoom fatigue in my book means design, bad design. Bad design is Zoom fatigue because I have to see something on some screen anyway. It doesn't have to be Zoom. Yeah. You still have to see a screen. 
So what you've designed for the interaction, that's what's bad. It's not Zoom fatigue. It's bad design. So I help people look at what their design looks like. What does their, what is every piece of what's happening and where do we put in the moments that matter so that people can really have a memorable, impactful experience. Okay. So it's really understanding experiential design online. Got it. Yeah, it sounds like it's kind of the it's like your your entire career built up to this like this moment if you will. Absolutely. It's all about how you're going to make me feel. When I'm finished with that interaction, what am I remembering? What were the moments that matter? How do we design those? And it has to be intentionally designed. It's not happens by fluke because I see certain people I I've experienced for the past 18 months I think I've participated in over 20 virtual events where I was a part of the team planning, doing, strategizing, executing, blah, blah, right? I mean, tomorrow we have one, an expo, a business expo for, for Atlanta, Atlanta's business expo. Now there's going to be a couple hundred people there, right? We've done fly fishing expo. Can you believe a fly fishing expo online Wow! with 20 Zoom rooms? Wow. Each vendor had a Zoom room because each vendor needed a private breakout room so they can go and speak privately to their client or to their customer, whoever, you know, so, so understanding all those pieces. So it's all doable and it's all can be done in a memorable way. I mean, think about Tony Robbins. He's doing virtual events now with 20, 30,000 people and he can see all of them. He could call out all of them. It's not a webinar where you just look at a recording that's old school, you know, now we have to up the game and you do need the zoom tools but you 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 need the zoom the design and you need an online tool that can handle what you have to do right yeah well it sounds like your journey here has been undoubtedly very organic it's been a, a, a it's been a journey so yes. it's oftentimes you know when things happen this way it may be harder to notice the change in the process but i'm i'm interested for you like what for you like what about your life has changed since kind of moving into this space i don't know i don't know if it's moving your offline business online or or like really just what's changed for you since since adopting the kajabi platform i guess maybe that could be kind of the inflection point for you well a couple of things i guess it's that i know that my job here on this planet on this earth is to really help other people get their message out there. And the way I do that is through helping them with their tech on the, not the, on the web tech part, on the pieces that I know how to do. I don't know how to do everything. Um, And I am a hundred percent or more than a hundred percent convinced that a small business owner needs to have simple, comprehensive tool to help them grow their business on a solid foundation. What I see is digital spaghetti. You have a piece here, a piece here, you throw this and hope it sticks and it's a complete mess. There's there's like things all over. I want you to have lasagna. I want you to have, you know, customer journey maps and they're all built out and, and they have, you know, one after the other. And, and that's how you build a, a 
more solid foundation to grow, right? And I think at first we 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 have to we have to play around. We have to know, you know, what I might try this and try that. But that's kind of the reason why I really I love Kajabi platform because I know it's comprehensive. It's all inclusive. I can do exactly what I want to do and ha- and I can scale my business on this platform, right? I can scale my business. Now, let me say one thing. Right now, since COVID, everybody and their brother have a platform, right? That's trying to do or implementing a whole bunch of different things, everything on the kitchen sink in the toolbox. Now, coming from a software background, I know that developing something like this takes a crap ton of time. It takes a crap ton of debugging, right? And for it, for the tool to work smoothly. So I don't fall for the, you know, I know a lot of people fall for, oh my God, it's $5 for a lifetime. <laughs> sure. You know, no, that's not how it works. So I don't want to have to break down a rebuild and break down a rebuild because I've seen that too many times. So anybody that's serious, I say, listen, if you're serious about doing this, please do not squirrel around on a software platform. You know, so anyway, that's on my little soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, tell us a little bit more about what you have going on. What's coming down the pipeline for you? So so what's coming down right now is I am going to be launching a program and it's probably going to be five or six weeks. I'm not sure yet with boosting your business and increasing your revenue using live virtual events. Now, notice that I say live virtual events. I don't mean recorded virtual events because I want to have the interaction. So I, that's why I focus on Zoom and I focus on how do I build this event? So how do I create those experiences? So that's kind of what I'm going to be covering in it is what is a what is a live event? What is a virtual event? So you could have a challenge. You know, a challenge is a really, really the hot thing now in marketing. Well, you need a lot of web tech to support a challenge, right? Yes. There's a lot of strategy that's involved, a lot of... Uh, you've got to journey map it out, right? And those are things that I'm good at doing. And so I'm helping you do that. But I'm also showing you how to use Zoom to support those pieces so that they become memorable, so that you have that interaction. So on one hand, you have to have the web tech part to support, oh, I need to shoot out six emails and this is the sequence of the email. Well, Zoom doesn't do that. We're doing this over here, right? In Kajabi. Then on the Zoom part is the interaction part. How am I going to use Zoom to facilitate what I'm doing over here? Like, for example, Tika Talks, I purposefully did not do it as a, um, as a podcast because I could be interviewing people as a podcast. But my goal was for a community to build a community. And unless we were seeing each other, I really wasn't building an old fashioned village community because we were all going through some really difficult times. We still are going through difficult times. And people can come on to Tika Talks and say, oh, how are you doing this week? What's going on? You know, and, and it's more of a friendship community. So that community grew and, and but, but that's kind of where we've gone back to as a business. If we're not leading with empathy as a business, uh, we're only leading with features and bells and whistles. Nobody wants to hear about you. 
right? They want to know that you understand the predicament or the challenge that they're facing today. And so you have to design those things. So that's kind of what um, this program is going to focus on is how to design those experiences and what tools are you going to use to make it happen. I love it. Well, if anyone wants to kind of stay in touch, get a hold of you, be aware of what's happening next, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? So the fastest, easiest way is LinkedIn. Okay. And it's my name. It's S, well, first and last name, S-Tika, S-T-E-E-K-A-H. I do have a free guide, a guide workbook to anybody trying to do a virtual event, be it, and an event doesn't have to mean a three-day event. Okay. An event could be a four-hour class or whatever, a challenge, whatever you want to call it. I have a guide that you'll post in the show notes, a free guide that walks you through what you should be thinking about when you're strategically planning it. I have worksheets in there. You know, I'm a flowchart girl, right? So there's tons of charts in there. There's tons of um, things that you can write in it. I think it's about 20 or 24 pages for the part one. Now, wow. anybody that signs up for part one will get part two, which means it's broken into three parts. Like, what do you do before, during, and after? And so each of those is probably, I don't know, you'll get the next workbook after you signed up because I want to know how you're doing and what questions you have. And, and people can also join Tika Talks, but that'll all be in the show notes. Yeah, we will get that into the show notes. Uh, that sounds like a lot of value uh, packed into a, a free piece of content. So I'm sure that I could I could probably learn a lot from <laughs> probably <laughs> page learned, one. Yeah, I, I learned so much within the last 18 months by participating in so many different types of events. So I, I pour all my, you know, all the things that I've learned in there and plus things that I know about how to plan, right? Well, Sabrina, thank you very much for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure learning about your journey here um, from corporate America to entrepreneur to consultant, uh, all of the above. Um, it's It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jared, for having me. Thank you so much. Kajabi all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, li- I like the outro. I like the outro. Well, <laughs> for anyone listening, um, if you're feeling that Kajabi all the way, it would mean the absolute world to us. If you hopped onto your favorite podcast provider, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I know that Apple Podcasts has the opportunity to leave a review. I literally go on there. I, I don't want to say every day. I, I do, but I don't want to admit it. Uh, <laughs> looking for those. Uh, I, I treasure when I see those those five-star ratings come in and your comments. Uh, we, of course, love hearing from you. Want to make this a great, uh, great podcast and resource for you. So thank you all again for listening. We appreciate you and look forward to talking to you next time on our next episode of the Kajabi Edge podcast.